Tyler Bass got the bag, and I want to dig into the idea of the Buffalo Bills trading out of the first round today on Locked On Bills. You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino, author of Go Bills and Buffalo's Run, also the co-host of the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast, and I am your host of Locked On Bills. I want to thank you for making Locked On Bills your first listen every day, and a big welcome to our everydayers. You know who you are. Those of you who never miss a single episode, I appreciate y'all being here very much. Also, please be sure to subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts, we're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, folks, yes, it is Saturday when this podcast is reaching your feed, whether it's YouTube or whatever podcasting medium you prefer. But there's just a lot I want to talk about before the 2023 NFL Draft begins next Thursday. And so had to drop some content over the weekend. We might even have a Sunday show as well. So just a lot to fit in, a lot of my mind here as we are crossing off the days before the 2023 NFL draft kicks off on Thursday night. And with Tyler Bass signing his contract extension, something I was not expecting to happen right now, it gave me even more to talk about. And so we're going to get into the Tyler Bass contract extension first, and then I want to have a segment on the Bills trading back and Brandon Bean really said some things recently that lead you to believe he could trade back. And so I want to talk all about those possibilities, some recent history with trading back in the first round, and um, who I think some of the logical trade partners for the Bills could be next week. All right, so let's talk about Tyler Bass. He signed a four-year contract worth up to $21 million, including $12.3 million guaranteed. Now, we don't have all the structure stuff as it relates to this contract. Uh, so there's some things to learn, uh, but obviously a nice chunk of change for the Bills kicker. His contract runs through 2027. So he's going to play out the last year of his rookie deal in 2023 and then four more seasons on top of that. The deal pays him an average annual salary of $5.25 million, which ranks fourth in the NFL amongst kickers and he's behind Justin Tucker, who's number one at $6 million. then Matt Gay with the Indianapolis Colts, Jason Myers with the Seattle Seahawks, and Tyler Bass, the fourth highest paid kicker in the NFL in terms of average annual salary. And so now the Bills are looking at a situation where the specialists are locked up. Bass is signed through 2027. The Bills punter, Sam Martin, is signed through 2025. And Reed Ferguson, the Bills' long snapper, is signed through 2024. So all three of your specialists are signed at least for the next two seasons. And credit to Tyler Bass, he's very quickly developed into a top-tier NFL kicker and proven to be extremely reliable for the Bills. And, of course, the Bills made him a six-round pick in 2020 out of Georgia Southern and he's young. He's 26 years old, and so I feel like he's got a lot of good years left of being 
a highly productive NFL kicker. And I think back to Tyler Bass and his tenure with the Buffalo Bills, and it was a bit of a shaky start as a rookie, but I really love how he responded. And I'll tell you what, I thought those early rookie season misses had a lot more to do with Corey Bohorquez's holding than Tyler Bass and his ability to kick field goals. But I, I can really appreciate the way that he did bounce back. A lot of times these young kickers, if they don't get it going quick, they very quickly lose their confidence and really never wind up being a meaningful NFL kicker. Well, Tyler Bass had some early struggles and has done nothing but prove himself time and time again to be reliable, dependable, and a guy that you feel good about taking the field when the Bills need to hit a field goal, right? You feel like it's going to go in. And that's the way I feel about Tyler Bass, and he's gained my confidence very, very quickly. Now, he's also had a lot of production with the Bills, as I referenced. He scored at least 120 points for the Bills in each of his first three seasons. That's the first player in franchise history to do that. He set the franchise record for single-season points scored in 2020 with 141. He's got the NFL record for longest field goal made in the playoffs by a rookie kicker. He's made clutch kicks. I mean, he hit some game winners this past season. And so you love all that. I love that he's had postseason experience, right? 10 of 12 in the playoffs. In fact, those two misses that he's gotten in the playoffs came in the same game, Baltimore, in 2020. There's never been a, 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 game, a field goal missed in another playoff game besides the Baltimore game. He's missed an extra point, but not a field goal. And obviously, he's got a big leg. He can make it from distance, and that's important to know that he's not limited in terms of being able to hit those longer kicks. I think he's hit like a – he's had a 58-yarder, and I think he's had at least a 57-yarder in the other two seasons. And obviously, we talk mostly about making field goals for kickers, but kickoffs is a big thing for the Bills. The Bills don't just ask Tyler Bass to kick the ball as far as you can through the end zone for a touchback. Most of the time, they – are very strategic about where the ball is kicked so that the Bills will cover the kick and tackle the opposition before they get to the 25-yard line. And that takes skill and work as well. And trust in your kicker to be able to kick it high enough with enough distance, but also not enough distance, right? Because you don't want it to be so far into the end zone that the kicker, the kick returner is not going to take it out. And so there's just a lot on his plate, and he really – helps the team in so many different ways when it comes to kickoffs as well as making field goals. One thing that I'm very excited about for Tyler Bass, and, and he's excited about it as well because he mentioned it in his press conference, is that he's never had the same holder in consecutive seasons, and that's going to be the case this year. It should be the case with Sam Martin, assuming he doesn't get injured or Tyler Bass doesn't get injured. But he's had a different holder year over year, and that's a big deal. I've talked a lot about holding on this podcast if you've been listening for any length of time. And Sam Martin, year over year, continuing in that role is only going to be a benefit to Tyler Bass. This was a quote from Bass's press conference. He said this about Sam Martin. Uh, he knows how I like it held, and I know how he approaches his game. He knows what I need to work on, and he knows how uh, to talk to me through that. And that's literally all you can't beat that, he said. And obviously that's a um, 
a good affirmation of the relationship that he has with Sam Martin and that group, right? That battery, that field goal operation, being tight knit and tight knit and being able to go out and execute and, and work off of each other. It's very important. It's a um, under discussed component of your football operation in general is that relationship between your kicker and your punter. And one of them, you know, the punter being the holder and, and how important that is, the consistency and being in tune with another with one another to be able to go out there and execute in high-pressure moments where games are on the line. I also like that he said um, he referenced, you know, Buffalo being a hard place to kick, right? It's probably not a very attractive place if you're a kicker. Yeah, weird weather, crazy wind all the time at home. You can go kick in a dome and have better numbers, right? It's going to be easier to make those kicks. But Tyler Bass said this in his press conference, Quote, I love it here. I want to be here. I know it's challenging, but I'm excited for the challenge. The guy's committing the prime of his career to kicking in Buffalo. You got to love that. And look, I know it's a healthy price tag for a kicker, but it's a fair market value. He's young and he's proven. And if you want to keep him, this is what it costs. For me, I, I take a lot of joy in not having to think about kickers, right? It's nice not having to think about kickers with Tyler Bass now locked in. And perhaps the biggest thing to be mindful of here is the consequence of not paying him and not having that reliable kicker in place and a guy that you trust. You've seen this happen for teams where they can't get the kicker situation figured out. And for some teams, it takes years for them to find an answer. Off the top of my head, recently, you think about the Titans, the Bears, the Bucks, the Chargers, the Panthers. These teams have been trying so hard to find a kicker. And it speaks to when you got a guy that you trust, hold on to him. Because, yeah, you might be able to find one cheaper, but that could put you in a really tough spot. And it has for a lot of other teams. Now, one comment about kickers that I think people should be mindful of is that, you know, they could go through slumps and never get out of it. Two things I'll say about that as it relates to Tyler Bass. First of all, we've seen him do it, right? He's coming out, he's come out of that early career slump and has proven himself. But also you hear Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean talk about Tyler Bass's approach and his mental toughness and how he's wired. And that gives me a lot of hope that we're never going to see that spiral for Tyler Bass. And so Tyler Bass locked in through 2027, an expensive kicker, but a trustworthy one. And one that's career is off to one heck of a start for the Buffalo Bills. All right, folks, in just a moment, I want to talk about the trade back options for the Bills in the 2023 NFL draft. But first I need to tell you about ultimate Football GM, you've heard me talk all about this mobile game app, and if you think you'd make a good NFL GM, then you got to give this a try. When you play Ultimate Football GM, you get to control and manage every strategic aspect of your team as you play through seasons and try to build a historic dynasty. With Ultimate Football GM, you're responsible for hiring coaches and coordinators. you got to manage the finances, including negotiating player salaries and terms. you got to deal with free agency, the draft, player personnel issues, all the ups and downs of a season, all this in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Football GM is completely free. 
and playable offline on the go as you want and when you want to. Locked On Bills listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code Locked On in the game store. That's Locked On, so make sure to check it out today. To download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up on the app stores. That's ultimate-gm.com. Ultimate Football GM, start your dynasty today. Well, folks, I also got to tell you about Built Bar, the best-tasting protein bars on the planet. And today, they launched a limited-time release, the Peanut Butter Puffs. I went ahead and ordered two boxes myself and, of course, used promo code LOCKDOWN15, and I got 15% off my order. And Built Bars are phenomenal. They're like eating a candy bar, but they're good for you. Low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein. We're all looking for a little more lean protein in our diets, you can get that with a built bar, and they're absolutely delicious. They're all covered in 100% real chocolate, and you got to try them out. Go to built.com, use our promo code LOCKDOWN15. You'll get 15% off your next order, and you'll thank me later. All right, let's talk about the Bills trading back and potentially trading completely out of the first round. And I know that Brandon Bean's tendencies have been a lot more trade up, especially when it comes to the first round. Traded up for Josh Allen. Traded up for Tremaine Edmonds. Traded up for Kyir Elam, Elam, excuse me. But there's been some messaging from him that signals he's more likely to move back this year. And it makes sense. And I'll have a whole lot more to say about this next week. But as I've solidified my rankings for players and really surveyed this draft, the crop of prospects, There are so many outcomes that I would be satisfied with for the Bills in the first round. If they just wound up just picking a player at 27, there are so many players that I'd be completely satisfied with. And then when that's the case, you should really think about moving back. And so Brandon Bean had his pre-draft press conference this past week. And I want to share some quotes from him and kind of build a narrative and then get into some recent trade history and some options that I think the bills will have. So this first quote from Brandon Bean is this, it says, when it starts getting to pick 20, you know, five, six, seven picks out. I think we'll start to know whether there's going to be someone there. We should try and stay for move up for, or move back and gain more picks. And so that's a signal to me. In addition to him making some comments about how, If he does move up, he doesn't want to trade away future first-round picks or first three-round picks. And so if Brandon Bean's going to move up, I think he wants to move up and it be not as far up the board where it's really going to have to dig into premium draft assets. And he talked about, look, the day three picks, he goes, I can recoup those with late training camp trades. And he's, he's done that a ton, right? We've seen that. But there was definitely a reluctancy in his messaging about parting with those premium picks first three rounds. The next quote from Brandon Bean that I want to mention is, quote, if I was in Vegas right now putting down money, I would say if we were going to do anything, it'd be more likely to go back than up. But listen, you're talking to a guy who gets antsy at times and goes up and gets guys, so Vegas probably would still go against what I just suggested would happen. The next quote I want to mention from Brandon Bean is, with only six picks, it's a little different than walking in with 10. So in an ideal world, we are not 
doing trades up in the draft. But if there's a guy that we put a lot of work in and there's a lot of conviction on the personnel staff and the coaching staff, we all have a shared vision. We are sitting here in the third round and this guy's got a really good second round grade, then maybe we move up. And the last thing that he said that I want to mention is that he won't comment right now specifically on how many first round grades the team has, but he says, quote, it's not great. And that's the quote that really leads me to believe that he's going to move back. Because we know last year they moved up for Kyrie Elam and he told the media that Kyrie Elam was their last first round grade and they wanted to go get him. And so there's going to be an inevitable question. If the Bills sat there and picked a player at number 27, he's going to have to answer questions about, well, did you have a first-round grade on this player? And so I don't know that he would say that part about, hey, not really having a ton of first-round grades if he didn't intend to not pick somebody that was a reach based on the grade. And so I think he'll want to get ahead of that question. So I do believe there's a chance of this. And so because of that, I want to talk a little bit more about the recent history of the back 25% of the first round. So the last eight picks and then teams moving out of the first round or pretty close to moving out of the first round. There's five. I want to go back over the last five years and kind of bring up some of these trades to give us an idea of what those trade or that trade next week could look like. And so let's uh, just kind of work through these real quick and See if we can find any trends. So last year, 2022, the Titans traded pick 26. So they're picking at 26. They moved back with the New York Jets. And the Jets gave up 35, 69, and 163 to get to 26. And they drafted defensive end Jermaine Johnson. Last year, the Bucks were picking 27. They traded that pick to the Jags for 32. 106 and 180, and the Jags came up for Devin Lloyd. And so those are similar type deals that I can see the Bills making this year. Let's go back to 2020. The Patriots were picking 23. They sent that to the Chargers for picks 37 and 71, and the Chargers came up and drafted a linebacker and Kenneth Murray. Also in 2020, the Vikings went from 25 to 31. With San Francisco. So San Francisco came up to 25. They gave up 31, 117, and 176 for wide receiver Brandon Ayuk. Also in 2020, Miami Dolphins, they had pick 26. They sent that to the Packers for pick 30 and 136. So they just moved back four spots, and the Packers came up for Jordan Love, quarterback. 2019. The Colts had picked 26. They sent that to Washington for 46 and a 2020 second-round pick. And the commanders wanted defensive end Montez Sweat. The Rams, they sent pick 30 to the Giants for pick 37, 132, and 142. And the Giants picked cornerback DeAndre Baker. Oops. Also in 2019, the Rams... uh, sent pick 31 and 203 to the Falcons for 45 and 79. And the Falcons took offensive tackle Caleb McGarry 
And the last one that I'll mention here is 2018. The Eagles, they were the owners of pick 32. They sent that to Baltimore. So the total trade here was the Eagles sent 32 and 132 to Baltimore for 52, 125, and a 2019 second-round pick. And the Ravens came up and drafted Lamar Jackson. So I think those types of trades are obviously what I'm thinking a trade for the Bills could look like. And I think there's three very logical trade partners that I want to mention here as we close out our conversation today. The Raiders are the team that I think has always been that obvious one for me because the Raiders have 12 draft picks. And one of those draft picks is number 38. And so the Bills, I think, could go from 27 to 38 and pick up 100 and 144 from the Raiders. That probably gets it done. The Bills can go from 27 to 38 and also pick up 70 and 144. But if that were the case, the Bills would have to probably give back pick 91. So you go from 27 to 38, you get 70 and 144, but you have to give up 91 just based on trade value charts and how the math works. Another logical partner is the Seattle Seahawks. Seahawks have 10 picks and they had a great rookie class last year and obviously a ton of young talent on the team. Maybe they want to go with quality over quantity. And so of their 10 picks, they have picks 5, 20, 37, 52, 83, and 123. And so I think the Bills could go from 27 to 37 and also pick up pick 83. I think that probably gets a deal done. And the last team that I'll mention is the Arizona Cardinals. And if you guys listen to the Locked On NFL Ultimate Mock Draft, which was a phenomenal production, six episodes, all 32 teams, and the power of the Locked On Network, where the individual hosts for their respective teams made the picks. We had our national analysts come in and really kind of steer the ship and provide analysis. There was commentary from the college hosts about players. So, you know, if you pick the player from Iowa, the Iowa host came on and talked about him. It was an amazing production. You should check it out on the Locked On NFL Scouting feed, whether it's the YouTube or the podcast feed. You can listen to all six episodes. I'm on every single one multiple times. I went through and offered a lot of analysis. And, of course, I made the picks for the Bills. But part of what I did is I traded pick 27 to the Arizona Cardinals in exchange for 34 and DeAndre Hopkins. And maybe you're thinking, wow, moving back like, what is that, like eight picks or something like that? Like that gets you DeAndre Hopkins. Well, the math there, the trade value is a third-round pick. So it might seem like a heist, but not really. I gave up the value of a third-round pick to get DeAndre Hopkins. If you offered the Cardinals a third-round pick for DeAndre Hopkins right now, I think the deal happens immediately. And so I don't think it was quite a like a lopsided trade as maybe some people think it is. I think it was a pretty fair offer and that's why he took it. Um, obviously the, the Cardinals, there's no way they could maximize DeAndre Hopkins right now. They need to move on. So if you want to get creative there, you, you could try to do what I did, but also I think if you move back from 27 to 34, you could pick up 96 from Arizona as well. If they want to come up and get another first round pick. So I think those are the most logical partners. There's certainly others that make sense. Those are the ones that really stood out to me, but I really wanted to laser in on 
some of these comments from Brandon Bean about trading back the recent history of teams in the range the Bills are picking trading back and then looking at this year and finding some logical destinations and talking about what a trade package could look like. So I hope you enjoyed this conversation. Obviously, the Tyler Bass component as well. And um, I might be back again for you tomorrow. Got a lot I want to say here before Thursday night. So make sure you're subscribed. We'd love it if you took a second to rate, review, and share the podcast. Have a great rest of your day. Go Bills. And I look forward to catching up with you again probably tomorrow.